Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a live presentation of the Commercial Appeal. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Tom Shad, Jeff Calkins, and Phil Stukenborg. All right, what's up, y'all? It's week uh, eight, nine. What are we here? We're past the midway point of the season, anyways. We're getting into the almost in November. Um, Memphis is five and two, exceeded expectations a little bit, um, but obviously coming off a tough loss against Navy on Saturday. First, a little bit of news: we just we are fresh from the practice field. Um, where Coach Mike Norvell um, announced that Michael Edwards, a starting defensive lineman, uh, started the first five games of this season, has decided to retire uh, from football because of personal, um, a personal family situation is what it's being termed. Um, we're working on it. Uh, it's it's been pretty much that's just what we've heard all along. He's missed uh, past two games, two weeks practice uh, because of the personal issue. Um, obviously, we wish him the best, and this is one of those situations where. Um, you know, you get so caught up in the season, you, you forget that there's life outside of football. So don't know exactly what he's he's dealing with, what's going on, but obviously we wish him the best moving forward. And uh want to start with the news there at the top. Um, obviously the other news, uh, less recent, but uh, Memphis can't stop the triple option. I guess that's not... You know, it's funny. I'm, I, no, Memphis clearly, and we can, we can, I'd love to talk about why they can't stop the triple option or whatever. I'm a little frustrated by the it is funny because normally as a columnist people accuse me of being negative or whatever like the journal or whatever i think the backlash that i've sort of sensed among fandom of whatever among that that for this loss to navy is absurd or whatever the people who are being critical of them in the wake of this loss to navy is sort of absurd and maybe it's because of what it's the roller coaster of expectations I said this was a seven-win team going into the season, and I think you're right. I think they have slightly exceeded expectations, Tom. Um, Navy is is it eleven and one since they've yes. entered the conference? Like yep. it's not Memphis. Yep. People are well. Air Force stopped them. Yeah, Air Force did stop them. You know, Air Force plays them every single year, and Air Force plays a triple and it has a triple option. Air Force stopped them. Nobody else stops them. They're eleven and one for heaven's sakes. So I don't know why anyone would be up in arms. Like presumably they're going to play them every year, going to get run over. <laughs> they'll get. They'll figure it out sooner or later, maybe. But. It's not easy to stop. Nobody really no. seems to stop them. And so why you're like, I'm, maybe it's a minority that's being, I don't really find any disgrace in getting chewed up. It, very clearly, Justin Fuente, he's a hell of a coach. He was chewed up by the triple option. Mike Norvell, I think he's going to be a hell of a coach. His defense was chewed up by the triple option. I don't think it's a discredit to Memphis as much as it is a credit to Navy. There. There. Boom. Mic drop. We can't drop the mic, right. actually, but right. yes. Tom, Tom, how much did uh, the fact that all week you look at the line, people, fans look at that, and they see that Memphis is favored by two playing in Annapolis? Why the hell was Memphis favored by two? But that, <laughs> Good question. I mean, yeah, that, I that's, know. you know. But that, that had to be part of it. That might have been part of it. Uh, it's just like, why was, you know, I, insanity. Yeah, and it's, 
Okay, so first of all, I want to say I've been getting yes. the question. Oh, well, they they lost to Air Force, whatever. Air Force plays them every year. They right. played them every year for a decade. Like this has become a, and maybe Memphis will. I mean, I think that. I don't know if they played it tremendously better, but at least the game was close. Like they were within striking distance with five minutes left or whatever. There, they could have gone down and tied it. So I think that there's going to be progress year after year when players like Norvell was explaining yesterday. Everything that you do technically on defense is just different. Like the offensive linemen line up differently than every other team. So like you have to play your run fits are different. Like everything that you're doing is just a completely different technique. And so you can blame Memphis to a certain extent that they didn't do the proper technique. Like they didn't they didn't fall through on their, their fundamentals. They didn't execute like they needed to. But it was a completely different like game. Yeah, it actually so, struck me too like it's weird to say this because the way they were, the, you look at the numbers, the numbers were appalling. Yeah. But there were a bunch of third down situations where you make a play here. For example, the play where uh, where they decide to, instead of kick the field goal, where they go for it, right? Mike Norvell calls timeout at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. So it, presumably at the start of the fourth, they would have kicked the field goal. Instead, they had to go for it, right? Right. Well, you're right there. You've, 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 you've played well enough the first three downs that you've made – you have to make the next play as well. Fourth in the fourth. first quarter, there was a fourth down. Again, they got him into fourth mm-hmm. down early in on this time Navy was on their side on their own side of the field. Yep. Navy just like you've made three good plays which you didn't last year. Now you have to make the fourth play and get him off the field. And it always felt to me like they were this close to getting them off the field a lot of times. I thought that timeout by Mike Norvell was brilliant because yeah. you're forcing them you you you're creating an opportunity for yourself to make a stop. They didn't make the stop right. and and maybe that some people therefore think that wasn't a good call, but it was. And so you've created the opportunity now. Now the next time you play them, you're going to have to like you got to play four downs against them. It's crazy, but you do. Well, it's that's similar to like the Tulane where they had the onside kick. Like I thought that was a like they they onside kick it in the first quarter right. and then they fumble on the very next play but that's like a huge th- if you're able to capitalize on that right. opportunity creating like opportunities for yourself right Tom does your gut tell you that in the future if he had the chance that Mike Norvell would try to get a week off before playing Navy before or after or after <laughs> maybe <laughs> one, after. one of the two or or during during or, action, yeah, right? dur- just during skip that one skip over it it's the other thing is is that I do think this is true like there are teams that can beat Navy. Because they have just superior talent up front. And so you if you have a front four that can just destroy their offensive line, disrupt it, penetrate, then I think it's otherwise everything has to be perfect. Every play. And I think it's asking a lot. You can say, well, we don't discipline football players here. We got, you know, whatever. And there's a lot of criticism of Memphis has undisciplined football players. I think it's asking a lot to ask a 19 year old to be every single play you know, do the perfect thing each and every time. Very clearly, as we established, most AAC defenses can't do it because they're eleven and one since they joined the conference. Well, and I think part of it too, and this was kind of a big thing after the game that uh, the Navy coach Kenny Matalolo was talking about is just kind of like philosophically the way that Navy plays, like is is a perfect kind of poison or antidote for all these fast paced up tempo offenses. Right. And we saw that last year too, like Paxton last year was never in a rhythm and he was very much a rhythm quarterback in college like he needed once he got into a rhythm like it was over but he could never get into a rhythm and I think we saw that this year particularly with like the Tony Pollard yeah. kickoff return which obviously right I mean you can't be like don't return a kickoff for a touch like you you, right. you want to take the points but 
that really hurt them because they only had the opening offensive drive, which was like 75 yards. I mean, executed really well. And then they didn't get the ball back again for the rest of the first quarter. And I think that, you know, there are teams that can beat Navy that might control the ball a little bit more, might have more deliberate, slower offense. Like, I'm, I, I think, like, Temple Navy would be a great get because Temple is a little bit more deliberate and they'll run the ball a little bit more, a little bit more stout up front. So there are teams, I think, that can beat them that way. But I think that Memphis is always going to kind of be at a slight disadvantage just because of the tempo that it wants to operate on offense. I think that makes a big difference, too. So what do you got? And I asked, By the way, are we going to let the uh, defensive staff last year off the hook now? Because for the longest time, people were piling that on that a, defensive staff. Well, we had a bad scheme against him. We're going to have a better scheme. Should we let them off the hook now? I think we should. Because I, I don't think anyone's saying Chris Paul didn't have a good scheme, right? He has a perfectly good scheme. Now, some of the some of the criticism last year, though, was that it was, I mean, ever, like the criticism was building through that. Right. 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 Like, they were gonna, it was like, about the whole season. Of, yeah. Right. Right. Yes. It was also right. what they did against Bowling Green and also what they did against, yes, that's exactly true. Right. So enter, entering this week, and I asked Coach Norvell this yesterday, do you try to put yourself in Coach Norvell's shoes? Do you look I'm at the rich. Navy? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing I just pretty was well. Wondering how it's going to spend the money, and, yeah, and, you're, exactly pretty, and right. you're pretty young. You're, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not young. I, oh yeah, I get to be young again and rich. Yeah. Ah, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, do you review the Navy game at all, or do you just like flush it? Because I think that's interesting. It's like so unique. And he said, you know, obviously we want to try to learn from every game, et cetera, et cetera. But like, if I'm the no, coach, you, flush I, it. you just flush it and you say. Thank God we're not playing another triple option team this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going back to a, playing a spread team you're, you're much more familiar with, and you'll match up better with them. Just let it go. I mean, you got to. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you move on. And now they're in a position where, um, you know, one game away from bowl eligibility. Right. But there's not a sure fire. Like, I, they, I believe they will be bowl eligible. I believe they will win more football games, I believe. But, like, it's looking a little bit more. We knew that the end of the season would be a gauntlet, um, but now you have two teams um, coming up next that you thought you'd handle. And Tulsa's very clearly better. Uh, mm-hmm. Just smashed the same two lane team that you struggled to beat, right? And uh, and and played very well against Houston. Came close to beating Houston. One uh, yard, right? uh, one right. yard away from beating Houston. And um, and then you got an SMU team that did to, just did beat Houston. And so. Um, yeah, I think you just say fine. Like, be done with Navy, and let's go. You know, let's go figure out a way to win three of these games or whatever. Every one of these games, I'm sure, is what they're saying. But yes, do you guys think Navy's going to win the conference? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, can, I don't see anyone right now beating them. I, I don't. <laughs> I, you I, may, you may. Well, Houston's not going to get in there. Houston's sort of. I don't even think they're going to get in the championship game now, right? No. Well, Nate. So what? The, so what this? What's going to be game Navy did? and Temple? Maybe. Yeah, I mean that's what because like Temple, Temple. Temple beats and South maybe Florida. Temple can beat Navy. Yeah, yeah. Though th- this weekend's also going to be interesting. I think Navy has uh, South Florida this weekend. That could be an interesting game too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean this this game. I mean this was a huge huge game in the West, and now Navy has the tiebreak, the head to head tiebreaker over both Memphis and mm-hmm. Houston. They still have to play Tulsa. So I mean maybe Tulsa could make a make a run, but they've lost. I mean that would get really messy if Tulsa beat Navy and then you got a bunch of ties. But mm-hmm. I thought the one thing that was heartening uh, tony pollard is a continuing revelation that's great like he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome that was that was great redshirt freshman and he he was used in the floor of the offense as well a little more too i don't know how many snaps he got but he carried the ball a little bit didn't he caught the ball or whatever did he did he have some a touches? couple touches yeah. a couple yeah. touches which seemed effective um so he's gonna be really good honestly the reason i think they stayed closer this year than last year was the offense was effective like i thought rather you you pointed out in your in your 
Monday column time, mm-hmm. I think. But it's a good game for Riley Ferguson. Really and good game. Um, really good game for Riley Ferguson. And that's last year, Paxton did not have a good game against Navy. The mm-hmm. offense was better and, and gave them a chance to win and might have given them a chance. Again, I don't like you. I don't really blame Roderick Proctor. That was the last play that ended, extinguished the chance to win. But I had been worried about the offense over the last few weeks just because they hadn't seemed like themselves. And I thought they looked more like themselves. Yeah. And I think Riley, I don't know if that was his best game of the season. I don't think it was better than the whatever was the Bowling Green game where he had seven touchdowns or whatever. But I think it was certainly one of his best games of the season. I think that kind of got overshadowed by like all all the attention was kind of on the other side of the ball and how. Memphis couldn't stop the triple option. Yeah, but I think Riley was one one of his better games for sure. Yeah, that was my question to you yesterday. If that was one of his best games, because he played so well under pressure, and imagine you know if if Roderick had just gone down with that catch, then you know he still would have had a chance to maybe pull this thing out. Yeah. I, this is the way he was playing. He was getting into a flow at that point in the game. Yeah, the the one thing that continues to kind of give me pause, and I think I wrote this in the Monday column too, is that when he rolls out, like there was one that as a coach, I mean, you just got to be furious where he was rolling out. And he was being pursued, and instead of just throwing the ball away, he tried to like tiptoe up the line, like up the up the sideline, and ended up stepping out like one yard short of the line of scrimmage, which is technically like a sack. Right. And and we've I think we've continued to see that as he's like kind of flustered and rolling out of the pocket, he needs to do a better job of of throwing the ball away, of just kind of killing it. And and those have been where some of his picks have come too, is when he's rolling outside when there's pressure, you know, he's throwing off his back leg or whatever. So I think that's the area to still improve. But I mean, some of those balls, I think, you know kind of having watched Memphis, at least just for me last year, like we're accustomed to some of these throws being made because Paxton was here. But when you go back and you actually look at it and look at what quarterbacks across the country are doing, like some of these throws that, that Ferguson's made, like the touchdown past Anthony Miller in the first, like these are not throws that all quarterbacks no. can make. And so I think that he deserves a lot of credit for being able to and make you know, those. Even the ones that didn't, that weren't completed because of great defensive plays by Navy, the one in right. the end zone, the, the pass was right there. It was, it was you know, nicked away at the last second. So he was uh, he was on, right? Yeah, I think he's a. Uh, I think he at his best he is a very accurate and effective passer, and um, I think it bodes well both for the rest of this year and for next year. So Tulsa this week, uh, we talked about how there it's it's kind of interesting just on paper. So they've both lost Memphis and Tulsa both lost two games both to top twenty five teams. Um, Tulsa obviously was waxed basically by by Ohio State, but didn't look terrible at least in the very beginning. Um, and then the 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 game against Houston, which was crazy. If you haven't seen the replay of that that final play, I mean, the guy's basically like six inches or something. He's like mm-hmm. stopped just short of the goal line. Um, so, what do we do? Do we think that this could potentially be? I know that we've all picked Memphis to win, like dating back to the preseason. Do we think that this could could give them a little bit more trouble than we initially expected? I do, I do, and the reason why is the the key. Players are, are from a few years ago are still there, right? I mean, Dana, the quarterback is is a senior. He's about to break all their records. Mm-hmm. Um, the running back is one of the top. Uh, I guess he leads the league in, in rushing. He's been there. Um, even the receiver, Kevin Evan, he missed what all last year, most of last year with injury. He's back, so they've got a lot of talent on offense, and I think they'll they'll match up well. What they can't do though, they can't stop the run, and I think that may be where Memphis could. Uh, could win this game. Yeah, yeah. I hate aesthetically the way they play. Like I, these two teams, fast. I think it's going to be a 
like how long is this game going to be? Oh man, well you remember last year's game, right? <laughs> yeah, like last year's game, they crazy. struggled. They struggled last year. I mean, Paxton was awesome, wasn't he? Last year, didn't he have a whole bunch of yards? I think Paxton was awesome last year, yeah. but he had to be awesome last year because they like they were snapping the ball every three seconds, gained ten yards. Like they were moving up and down the field, and Paxton had to be awesome. And so I think it's a potential. Like if if Riley Ferguson has the kind of game that he's had. You know, when when he's not good, yeah, this could be a very this could be a very disappointing Saturday. I don't like watching two teams that just snap the ball every every point five seconds. And so aesthetically, I wonder what it's going to be like. And then it's a different kind. You of, like Navy? That's what you're trying. Yeah, to say. Yeah, I like Navy. No, you know, I, I'm I'm like Nick Saban. I like Smash Mouth. Or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm um. But I, I, yeah, it'll be a very interesting. It'll be, a, and they can be frustrating in their own right. I mean, the, 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 they could be frustrating in their own right. And if the defensive backs aren't making plays, and um, yeah, it, it, it'll be an interesting test for the secondary, which we all acknowledge is improved. Right. Um, but, you know, they didn't have to face that kind of test against Navy, that's for sure. That might have been the craziest game last year that was like, I'm trying to think, like, Bowling Green was obviously nuts, right. Cincinnati was nuts. Tulsa was nuts, but in a different way. Like because, like you said, it was just like every like every ten seconds somebody was scoring. It was right. bo- it was going both ways. Like one of the Tulsa receivers, I think, had two hundred yards receiving or or whatever it was. So the the one thing that um, Norvell has talked about, and we just talked to uh, Christian Johnson, the defensive end, after practice today. Tulsa this year is much much better running the ball, and I think last year we saw a lot of kind of it was basically just a passing like a Baylor style passing attack, right? And they would run it a little bit, but it wasn't as big of a thing here. Uh, I mean, they've got a couple guys, and they can really pound it on the ground. So that'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how how Memphis' defense is able to handle that. I'm interested in how Memphis reacts now that they've they're basically not playing for the conference, right? And I mean, I know Mike Norvell has said all our goals are in front of us, and technically, mathematically, mathematically. they are. Um, now, last year when they beat. When they lost to Navy, they came back and had what was really an extraordinary effort in the first half, certainly against Houston. They didn't, but but then ultimately, and people, a lot of people said it was the Fuente stuff that made it happen. Maybe it's just that Temple was really good. It felt like they let go of the rope at the end of last year, right? It felt like there was a little of letting go of the rope at the end of last year. And whether it was, again, whether it's Fuente or whether it was because you should have beaten Houston, but you missed the kick, so you didn't or whatever. Um, I'm just sort of interested to how everyone reacts now that they're playing for, you know, they're playing for nine wins instead of seven wins. You know, like that's what they're playing for. They're playing for eight wins instead of six wins. They're playing for 10 wins instead of whatever. And so I don't know, Tom, you've been around the team more this week. Do you have a sense of how they're managing that? Yeah. I mean, I think that they're, I don't think it'll be a, I don't deal. Yeah. I don't get a sense of them because I don't know. I think it, it also kind of like, I think just the the temperature of the team was a little bit different, and this might just be my personal perspective of everything too. But like last year, there was a sense that like you were a legit New Year Six team, right? And I think entering this year, you know, we're picking them to go seven and five. Like they they were expecting a good season, and like we'll see what happens. But I don't think the expectations were as firmly ingrained as as they were. You know, like last year, they entered the season basically thinking like. This is it. This right. is the year. And then there and they are. Then they're six and zero, oh, and they're being discussed on ESPN. Right. And so right. there's yeah. something deflating here. There's not anything. I don't mean it badly, but yeah. there's nothing to particularly deflate. Mm-mm. Right. It's and, a, and they're it's, trying to build a program, have a good year, whatever. Right. And that's not to say that they aren't trying to win. Right. A of course, they are. obviously they are. But yeah. but I think that just makes it a little bit a little bit different. They're trying to get Tom to the Bahamas Bowl. I think that's what's going. on. The Popeyes Chicken <laughs> Bahamas Bowl. That's what you have yes, your eye on. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> So, 
Um, I did want to kind of go off the cuff here a little bit, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh-huh. So this is Mike Norvell's kind of – so his his Tulsa was where he – and we talked at length about this before the season, he and I. This is where he first got – like he started as a graduate assistant. This is where he got his first like full-time assistant coaching role. He was like sleeping for a little while. Like his wife, uh, Maria, was still in Arkansas. He was like sleeping on a couch in like the coach's locker room. And there's a great story. I don't know if it made it in the story, but – um, he got these, like this nice pair of shoes and he was in the coach's locker room. And this was like, he was so excited just to have a new pair of tennis shoes because he's working, he's getting paid $400 a, right. a month or whatever. And, uh, he like left for some, for some period of time and the tennis shoes were gone. So he stole his tennis. And now oh. he's like, sleep, he's like sleeping in the coach's locker room. His tennis shoes are gone. Like it was just kind of like, I mean, this was his kind of starting point. And this is where he really developed into what he is now or kind of, it got him on the path. So I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't know, maybe this is me being curious like as a journalist but like what were your what was your Tulsa basically just in your in your journalism career like what was the place where you had to start from the bottom the job or like a moment like where did you kind of start and and grow and get on the path to to where you are now all right this is it okay working for the afternoon paper that was here they there was a, a high school championship a high school playoff game that was in Paris Tennessee which is about two and a half hours away. Okay, there was there was no there were no computers you could send your story back on. Or were you were, a staffer? Were, were you a staffer? At the I was a part time a stringer, a stringer uh-huh. but I was I was interested. Had to drive two and a half hours up, cover a game, drive two and a half hours back, write the story. I'm done at five a.m. Right. And and you're like oh, for do a PM it, yeah, paper for a PM paper. So right. the, the deadline was like five a.m. and so I finish and. And I'm going. Do I want to do this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you have a Tulsa time? I'll tell you mine in a minute. You want to tell me yours? Go ahead. What's yours? What was your my Tulsa? T- my Tulsa sounds silly because it was just like still relatively fresh, still, right? Yeah, like I'm still, still relatively young. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I was just thinking about it too. Like, you know, like I, I, one of the things I got my start with was stringing Navy football games when I was in like my first gig. I was like an intern for the Washington Times, and then they. I did that for a summer and then they kept me on in the fall and said, you know, we'll just throw you some stuff. You know, I don't know what it paid. I didn't pay much. And they just sent me out to Navy football basically just to give me something to do. And it was Keenan Reynolds plebe year. And so I remember being at the game where he first, like their other quarterback, Trey Miller fumbles and they put him in and it was like a huge, it's the first time that a plebe has ever been in the game. And so I was just thinking about that. That was kind of what jogged it is. That was one of right. my, for, but I mean, before that it was like school paper covered. Right field hockey which is a great sport to cover actually i don't know if you guys are field hockey fans <laughs> we'll but it's, right it's fantastic i um it's funny because i really do believe strongly in this i um um i was talking to my old radio colleague john martin and he sort of there are some people who have the, the, the feeling that you can't ever take a job that's not a pay raise that you have to and i'm going no no no, no. The, the what you make in your next job is not what is critical it's where you're where are you doing what you need to do to ultimately get to where you ultimately want to be, whether it's both opportunity, what you're doing, money, et cetera. And so for me, I mean, I have very clearly had a Tulsa. It was, um, so, you know, when I was a lawyer in Washington, DC, I was, you know, I was at a big 500 lawyer law firm and I was wearing suits and I was making six figures and I, whatever else. And the only job I got, I applied to 200 newspaper jobs. And this was at a time when newspapers were hiring. That's like, it's always been hard to work for newspapers. And um, the only job I got was at the Anniston star in Anniston, Alabama covering high school sports for $225 a week. And um, it was also PM paper, Phil. Mm -hmm. And so, and the way it would work is 
is you would you'd go cover your high school game and then you'd come back and you'd whatever and then you'd help with the layout and then you'd whatever else i covered auburn football but the way i covered auburn football was i drive down to auburn on a tuesday and they'd only let me go once like for the whole week and i'd get five stories and then you spool them out during the course of the week you cover an auburn football game whatever on a saturday you write a sidebar a column a gamer notes then you get in your car you drive back from auburn to aniston and you get back in time. You're supposed to bust your ass to get down there. It's so to help them with the layout. And um, but the truth of the matter is, I think everyone who has these experiences, particularly if they end up winding up where they want to go, I think they look back on those experiences as among the best of their lives, mm-hmm. as among the absolute. It was as much fun as I've ever had as in journalism. And it, it maybe if they don't work out well, you don't think of them that way. But I bet Mike Norvell remembers that fondly. And I certainly remember Aniston fondly because you're literally you are only doing it because you love it. That is why you're doing it. And I would urge anyone who's sort of thinking about, yeah, you have to do that. You have to take the risk. You have to go. Maybe it won't pan out and then go have a different Tulsa. But I think it's I think it's critical to be willing to put yourself in a position to do that. All right. Well, going a little bit off script, I guess, there, but good to uh, everybody can think about their Tulsa moments. And you, can, you can come back, you can tweet us your Tulsa moments. Tulsa is now a metaphor for the, something. For some, a, some stage yeah. of life, yeah. Um, and then they'll play a football game Saturday. That's the homecoming game. Um, be interesting to see what the crowd is. We didn't even talk about the crowd, but coming off, you know, obviously they've been gone two weeks, basketball starting up. Um, be interesting to see what it is. We will check it out and we'll be back to uh, talk with you about it next week. Thanks for listening. Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Commercial Appeal.